Good morning, Cleveland. This is Pastor C.A. here at Faith Memorial Church in this great city of Cleveland, Tennessee, and you are tuning in to Thinking Out Loud. This morning, I wanted to talk to you guys about this idea that we see throughout Scripture of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks, or from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is an idea that is expressly stated by Jesus himself, but is also communicated by Paul in various places. You know, he tells the church at Corinth, I believe, therefore I have spoken, and he's citing um, the Old Testament psalmist. And then James picks up on this idea in James chapter 3, where he talks about the tongue and the relation to the type of tree or plant that it is and the type of fountain that it is. So it's this idea of the tongue or our speech is merely a reflection of what presides in our heart, what presides within us. Now, the reason that I'm bringing this up is not to get off on a tangent about our speech per se, but to get into a little bit of a crux about salvation itself and how salvation comes about. Now, Romans 10, 9, and 10 is one of the more familiar passages in Scripture. And it simply says this. It says, you know, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then it goes on and says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, and there's no distinction, and you know, etc., etc., etc. But the point that I want to make is this, is that when people come to Christ and they profess him as their Lord and Savior, what they are essentially doing is, is they are supposed to be professing that or confessing that from their mouth as a product of the overflow of their heart. And if they have believed in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, meaning that if they've believed that you know Jesus Christ is God incarnate and he lived a perfect life and then he died in our place and you know he imputed his righteousness to us and took our sin upon himself and nailed it to the tree and then was buried and three days later he rose from the dead and then he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father Father, forever making intercession for us. They don't have to know all of those things, but if they believe in the basis of the fact that you know they were sinners and that God provided an escape route or an atonement or a substitution for them through the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ, and they believe that and they believe that God raised him from the dead so that he's a living God, he's not dead, that then they confess that he is the Lord of their life, that they'll be saved. Now, they believe that in their heart and that belief, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, that belief produces that confession they're saved. And everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord is saved in that response. The problem is, is that in our current culture of American Christianity, we go for the profession or the confession without first attempting to verify or substantiate or confirm or validate that it's a confession 
in response to the overflow of a belief. A lot of times what we have happen is we have people come to the altar because they're down on themselves or because they're scared or, you know, what have you. And those are all acceptable reasons to initiate. God can use all of those things to initiate the walk. But we get them to say a prayer and we get them to confess things with their mouth, but we haven't labored to ensure that those things preside in the heart. So what we have is we have a half a pie. Instead of having the belief in the heart and the confession with the mouth, we get the confession of the mouth and we say, yay, everything is hunky-dory and great. But the problem is, is we have the confession and it's empty. And this falls into violation of what James talks about in chapter 2, where you know, it's a faith without works. It's a faith without life. It's as like the spirit without or a body without the spirit. There's no substance to it. It's dead. So I, I challenge you, whether you're a minister or a lay person or whether you're just a believer or a not, an unbeliever yourself, to, to initiate this self-inquiry about how you live your own life and how you do ministry. Is it empty confession or is it confession produced by a belief? And the overflow of the belief in the heart produces the confession. I believe, therefore, have spoken. This has been Thinking Out Loud with Pastor C.A. God bless and have a great day.